You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? I just have one question. Why am I up here? Man, everybody has a word this morning. It seems like, is it me or just, it started with Sister Miranda, Sister Veronica, Fino. Now, I got big shoes to fill, so I'm going to try, amen. But everybody's doing okay? Amen. I know our pastors aren't here today, but, but we're going to press on and, 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 and just pray that God will give them traveling mercies. I'm, I'm grateful to be here this morning. Uh, first of all, I'd like to give honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Without God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing but just dry bones. I'm, I'm like the walking dead. Amen. And so uh, I just want to start by giving God honor uh, because he is worthy of everything. Everything that I have, every breath that I breathe is because of him. And I'm aware of that, you know. I was looking at uh, my daughter this morning early, and, um, and I was, uh, you know, just on the ground, and my wife was upstairs for a minute. She had something to do. And I heard God speak to me, say, look at where I brought you from, you know. And so, um, you know, I remember where I was four years ago uh, and just asking God to give me a family and give me a new life and, and to give me something. And my God, didn't he do it? Won't he do it, church? Come on, give God some praise. Amen. Amen. I hear my wife back there laughing like, you got us, voila. (laughs) But I'm grateful for them. Um, I want to give honor to our pastors who are not here today. Um, They are, I believe, celebrating his mother's 80th birthday. That's a blessing, church. You know, I have have three uh, matriarchs in my family, my grandmother and her two sisters. They're all in their 90s, and they're still alive and going and well. They're driving. My grandmother just bought a new car, and she's driving. Amen? And some of us can't. Okay, I'm going to keep moving on. Amen? But, but you know, it's, 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 it's a blessing. And so what those, these are the moments that, that we should give God praise for. Um, even though that many of us are not there, as, uh, his family has traveled on, uh, we are extended family of him. And so what we want to do is pray for him and his family and for her health um, because uh, she's the matriarch of that family, and God has seen it so that she would live 80 years. And so for that, let's give God some praise this morning for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, you know, I just want to take the time to, to celebrate all of you. My wife is in the back um, with our daughter, and we have our, uh, some friends, some close friends. We, we look up to them. I know they, they're always like, you know, but we do. We look up to you. And we're so grateful that you're here this morning for us. Amen. And for all of those that are here, amen. All, all of you that are here for the first time, uh, welcome. Uh, and so we hope that you, that you feel welcome and warm and that you feel like uh, that you belong here because guess what you do. Amen. Amen. I want to dive into the word, and I promise you, I know my wife gets mad when I say this, but I'm not going to preach long. Amen. <laughs> She's like, don't lie, brother. You know? <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not going to preach long. <laughs> but um, but I want to I take the time to talk to us today because uh, we have a new banner this year for 2018. And it's called The Voice. No, not the show on NBC. Amen. No, no, the voice. And so uh, the, in John 1, 23, it says, I am the voice calling in the wilderness. 
And some of us have had a wilderness experience in our life uh, going on for quite a while. And some of us are going to go through wilderness experiences. And so we do have a new banner this year, but I just want to walk alongside of our, our leadership and all of you and just giving a word today that I believe might be relevant this year for 2018. How many know that, that God is calling us to be the voice? Amen. He is calling us to be the voice, but there's some things that we have to confront before we can be the voice. And that's what I want to talk about today. Can I do that to this morning? Man, I, I love preaching here because everybody makes me feel just affirmed and happy and all of that. And everybody just smiles. And I'm just thinking like, one day I'm going to preach somewhere and maybe not everybody is smiling. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it does make me feel good. And, and so it makes it a lot easier. I, I, I do not take this moment lightly. I know our pastor um, is the Daniel of this house and we celebrate him. Uh, and so many of us, uh, through, through, by God using him, many of us were saved, set free, healed, and delivered. Uh, and so I only come humbly uh, behind him just doing what he asked me to do. And so let's give God some praise for him and, and all of them. Amen. I want to uh, preach out of Matthew 14, 22 through 33. I'm in the New Testament. How many of you know Jesus is still alive? I know that there's, there's, there's a story that was told in the New Testament about uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But once he resurrected, he stayed resurrected. Amen. Uh, and that's hard for some people, you know, historians, to understand. But he's alive. Come on, somebody. He's alive. And so what we want to do today, we, I know that there are, there are faith traditions that try to immortalize him and, and make him seem as if he's a relic or if he's, he's a centerpiece on a, on a mantle. But no, nah, he's much more than that. You know? And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning because I believe that, that many of us need to be reminded about how alive he really is. Amen. So that's Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Hallelujah. And it reads as such. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. Somebody say, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Uh, and, when he, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning because we know that you have a word. Lord, I'm only a man. I'm only your vessel. I'm only here by grace. Say what you will. Lord, we thank you for everyone that has been assembled here. Those that are not, 
Lord God, I ask that you would be with them. Remember our leadership. Remember where they are, Lord. Cover them with your blood right now. And Lord, let there be less of me and more of you. You are God and God alone. You don't need my help. You don't need the help of those in this house. All we are here to do is worship you. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Church, I just got one thing to say. Hope floats. Hope floats. No, not the movie that was put out in 1998. Yeah. Hope floats. Amen. Yeah. Hope floats. You know, what's funny about this story, this passage of Scripture, is that it has been told in a variation of different ways for as long as I can remember. When I was a little child, I remember... uh, going to Sunday school and listening to this story, the one of the scripture that I just read you. And the story, though unique and though has been told many times, reveals uh, some complex dynamics, amen, concerning when man is confronted with fearful circumstances. Yeah, see, uh, as Christians, we are taught to fear not. Uh, The word of God instructs us to, guess what, not have a spirit of fear. Uh, And I believe that fear, this is just my opinion, can determine the journey or the faith walk of a believer. How many of us have seen that in here and right here in this church? Uh, But I have to confess today, this morning, uh, there have been some moments in my life personally where I have been really afraid. And as a child, I remember being afraid quite a bit. Uh, As a young boy, I can remember the fear I felt of being chased by a dog in my hood. Yeah, I was chased by a pit bull. I couldn't have been more than maybe eight or nine years old, and I was so afraid that I almost lost control of my bodily functions. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, I don't have to spell it out for you. He was so close uh, that I could feel his breath and his anger. Yeah, have you ever been chased by a dog and you could feel his breath and it was hot? That meant that a bite was soon to follow, amen? Uh, And early in my life, I can still remember when I would fall asleep and have nightmares then all of a sudden I would awake in the dark and I would feel so constricted that I couldn't talk or even move. You remember those when you were young? As a teenager, when I was 17, I think about the first time I was robbed at gunpoint by an older man that was almost 50 years old. And looking into his eyes uh, told me that this was a person who didn't care that I was somebody's baby. He didn't care that I was a child. If I wanted to live, I better do what he said. Yeah. So by the time I became a man and came into the knowledge and into the embrace of Jesus Christ, uh, I had relieved myself of a lot of baggage. Uh, Thank God. Yet, watch this, I was conditioned to bow to fear before I ever bowed to the king. Yeah. See, and I suspect a great many of us this morning are crippled by fear in the kingdom of God. Can we agree with that? Uh, For so many of us, the scars of our childhood or what we've been through has now conditioned us to fear, amen, what is seen, but more time than not, what is unseen. Yeah, see, but I come here this morning for good news to tell you that if we are going to confront our fear, then we're going to have to do what? We're going to have to take courage. Come on, somebody say take courage real quick. Yeah, you got to take courage, church. See, here's the thing. When we arrive at the text, I want you to get this. We see that after Jesus had fed the 5,000, he was seeking to be apart from the disciples. And he was doing that intentionally, right? Uh, He took a boat. He told them to take a boat across the water ahead of him. Now, what you have to understand is now by this time, Christ had a great following of people. 
there were thousands of people that knew his name and wanted to see him, wanted to touch him. And his disciples were well aware of his authority, and they were all witnesses of his divine authority and appointment. Does that make sense? He walked the earth among people and did miraculous things. But Jesus, get this, was still fully human as he was still fully divine. He was otherworldly as, as he was human. And what I mean by that, church, is that Christ understood that his source was prayer even though the Father was in him. Come on, you'll get it later. See, Jesus went apart from his disciples, and he sent them away, watch this, and went away to pray up on a mountainside. Now, he's the king of the kings and the Lord of lords, but still he took time to go be with the Father. Now, the text goes on to show us that as darkness fell and as the winds began to pick up, the boat was off into a distance. It got away from him a little bit. Now, listen, listen to this in verse 25. The text shows us in verse 25 that shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when they saw him, they became freaked out. They thought it was a ghost. You know, it would be the same as you being on Carnival Cruise Line, thinking that you're going to see a sunset, and then you see somebody walking on water. Yeah, you might think you had some strong drink, wouldn't you? Okay, I know nobody drinking here. Okay, I'm going to keep going. All right, see, <laughs> amen. <laughs> That's some strong water, amen. And you know that passage of Scripture really speaks to me because I believe that it's connected, amen, to where society is today. <laughs> Jesus approached the disciples on the water and they became terrified. Jesus is getting closer and closer to us every day, coming back to a world that is being tossed, fro and fro, right, by the winds of change, and yet it appears nobody is even afraid today. People do what they want to do. There's no more reverence for God, right? Which takes me to my first idea in the form of a question. Can we see Christ coming, praise chapel, or is he lost in translation to us? Okay. It's quiet. You see, what is interesting about the disciples, I want you to get this. This is the text. Is that even though they had watched Jesus perform miracle and feed 5,000 folks, and cast out demons out of men, and heal folks on the Sabbath day, it never occurred to them that this so-called ghost was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He had done so much, and yet they were struggling to see that this person that was otherworldly might have been the one that they were afraid was a ghost. Yeah, see, their fear and carnality, their humanity, took over because it was dark and the winds began to pick up. And isn't that something, church, that's just like us, that when we are consumed with fear, brother, uh, and doubt, we can no longer see our Lord. We become crippled by our fear. Our fear takes on the form of scales being on our eyes. It's like having sunglasses on. It becomes hazy to us who he is. The Son of God becomes hazy to us because we have sunglasses on. Yeah, see, Christ becomes distant to us as if we never knew him even though he set us free. When things get dark to us, watch this, we begin, we begin to question if he is in the midst of our darkness. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. In 2012, uh, I was a uh, chaplain, and I know many of you have heard this. I was a chaplain in a uh, level one trauma center. And so I, my job was to go around and minister to people and to provide spiritual care for people in the hospital. And so in this particular area of the hospital where I was, I got all the veterans coming back because Camp Lejeune wasn't far away. Uh, it was where a lot of the Marines would come back when they were, had been in Afghanistan and Iraq. 
Um, and it was a really difficult thing for me to see because many of them had their limbs blown off. Many of them uh, uh, had skin removed and many of them were going through and eventually it started to wear on me. And then as I began to move through the hospital, I would have to go into the pediatric unit and I would have to hold babies that were taking their last breath. There were even moments when I would have to take stillborn babies and, 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 and pray over them because the mother needed comfort. And when I left there, can I tell you something? I was really struggling with that. I had a real problem with that. And I was angry at God for a period of time because I couldn't understand what did a baby do. That's, that was my way of thinking. I couldn't see him off in the midst. I had sunglasses on, as we're saying. You know, I was really struggling. And God had to speak to me in that still, small voice, church. He had to speak to me in that still, small voice. You see, my fear blinded me from my help and where my help came from. And it took God to step in and say, Derek, I'm still here. But can I tell you, by the time he did that, I, I was nearly broken because I had taken my eyes off of the source, which was Jesus. I couldn't understand that God is sovereign. You know, we can't always understand why God will allow things to happen in the lives of people, especially when, when they're children. But it happened. And I often ask myself, God, why did you, even today, I still do when I pray. I say, Lord, why did you let me see that? You know, but he did. But his answer has always been the same since 2012. I'm God and God alone. I have my reasons. Your job is to offer comfort and acknowledge that I'm still alive. Hmm. That's all he's ever said to me, church. Come on, give God some praise. It's a difficult thing to talk about, but it's something we need to talk about this morning. Church, this is how powerful Christ really is in our lives. That not only was he walking on water in the text, he was still at a distance when he spoke to his disciples. He was still at a distance, church. The text says that Jesus said to them immediately, take courage. Somebody say, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. He didn't yell to them. He didn't have to yell at them. There was no echo. It was nighttime, and the winds were strong against the waves. Now listen, do you know how hard it is? Have you ever really thought about this? How many of you have been on a boat? I know we live in the desert, but I have been. Do you know how hard it is to hear in the middle of open water when it is calm? Believe it or not, it's hard to hear. How many of you have seen that movie, Open Water? Okay. But he called to them in unstable waters. Church, God will call to us <laughs> when our lives are unstable. He calls to us when our lives are unstable. See, the problem is that many of us are focused on issues that are out of our control instead of seeking the voice of God. Hello, somebody. This isn't a rebuke. This is for everybody. The text says in verse 27, listen to this, that Jesus gave them reassurance in their dilemma by telling them to take courage and not be afraid. And yet... After all of that, after all they had seen Jesus do before and during, Peter still needed more. He still needed more. He fleeced Jesus. That's just a, a million-dollar way of saying he challenged Jesus and said, if it is you, tell me to come on the water. And even after he had, Jesus had said, take courage, it is I, Jesus, uh, Peter still needed that reassurance. But even after all that, Jesus said, come. Praise chapel. Jesus had already told Peter. He had walked with him and seen his glory, and yet Peter needed more. 
You see, here's the thing. It was more than a lack of faith. Can I tell you something? Peter was still learning how to hear his voice. That's really what it was about. Peter was still learning how to hear his voice, church. Church, how many of us have faith, but we are learning to recognize his voice? You know, one of the things that when I first got saved the first year, um, I, I slept on my uh, best friend's couch. He's, he's no longer alive. He died of, of liver, uh, liver disease. Um, but I slept on his couch. He was gracious enough and kind enough to let me finish school. But I, I, didn't have, I was homeless. And I had gotten saved. And I, I asked God um, one night. It was in the middle of the night. I just woke up and I said, God, I'm, I'm new in the faith. How do I know that you're real? Now, mind you, I had not read a lot of Bible in my life. And he took me to a scripture. He said, the sheep hear my voice. I know them. And he gave me book, chapter, and verse. So when, I, when you have atheists and agnostics say he's not alive and he's not real, <laughs> see, I always look at that situation. Because I had never been in that scripture. I, had to, I, I, had, I didn't even know anything about that particular passage of scripture. But somehow God took me to that scripture. See, the problem is, and can I tell you something? People think that I think nowadays we, we have become so... Uh, robust with information. The, the, we are in an era of Google, and, and we can go on Firefox and all of these things, and Twitter, and everybody is a Twitter preacher, and everybody's a Facebook preacher, but the reality is there are many people out there that think that God is a fairy tale. They believe that he's a fairy tale. They have been lulled to sleep by the world because they're listening to what the world has to say about God, who God is, instead of listening to the voice of God. It's become foreign to them who God really is. Church, that takes me to my second thing. Uh, before we can be the voice for others, we have to recognize his voice. We have to recognize his voice. Can I tell you something? You see, watch this. Historians believe, church, I want you to get this, that Peter was not putting Jesus to the test, but rather he was the only one on the boat who was operating in faith. Now, who am I to refute what scholars and academics have to say? Uh, but can I challenge that a little bit? Yeah, see, what I would add is that everyone on the boat, including Peter, watch this, had not, let, had not yet learned to recognize his voice and who Jesus really was. They were learning. They were in process. You know that, that process that we're all going through to hear his voice? God, I know I, I, know I don't have a lot of money, but I'm going to go ahead and buy this, this Dodge Challenger. I know I need to pay my bills, and I got three things cut off, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go, to the, go to the mall. Yeah, we're still learning how to hear his voice, right? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'll let y'all say it. Can I tell you something else? Learning to recognize the voice of our Lord is one of the hardest things we're going to have to do in our faith walk. It's one of the most difficult things. And more time than not, and this is from, I'll just tell you, just from people that I have spoke to over the course of time that have been in God for 20 and 30 years, they say that is one of the most difficult things to do because you have to remain disciplined and you have, to, you have to have a discipline in your life by prayer, fasting, and reading your word. I know that's foreign to many people today, but there, there is no special remedy. I know, I know people think that you can just walk up on the mountain and hear from God. No, no, it's a process. There's a process you have to go through. There's a discipline if you really want to hear the voice of God. And the truth of the matter is, more time than not, people are not willing to give them, themselves over to that discipline. That's the truth. Our training, get this, comes through having to listen in the midst of the storm. 
Even when things are not the way we want them to be, we still have to listen. Yeah, see, think about it for a second. When we are afraid, isn't it difficult to hear? Let three Rottweilers run through here right now. Ain't none of y'all in here going to be speaking in tongues and running through here. Everybody's going to be looking for the nearest exit out of here, right? I'm going to collect my family, I think. I'm going to just run out, you know? I'm, <laughs> you know? But that's the truth. Think about it. If you've ever been in a circumstance where, where there was like mass hysteria in a crowd, it's hard to hear somebody's voice, isn't it? Yeah. It's very difficult. When trauma takes place, church, it's hard for us to look ahead. What do we start doing? We start looking around us like this. When there's chaos going on, if, 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 how many of you, when, when you were in the world, used to go to the club? And if gunshots broke out, you wasn't, you wasn't looking ahead at the shooter. You were looking at the exit. Okay, I know. Ain't nobody else go to the club. I'm sorry. I, I did. I, okay. Right? <laughs> but these were tough lessons we had to learn, right? We had to learn how to look ahead. Peter's lesson, church, was a tough one. It was a tough one because he needed extra reassurance. Y'all still thinking about them gunshots, aren't y'all? <laughs> Even after Peter saw the miracle of Jesus walking on water, he sank because he could hear the wind, and his mind began to speak louder than the Savior that was right there in front of him. He had his mind on everything else, his mind on the winds, the minds on the boat, who was in the boat, everywhere he was, instead of his mind on Jesus. Yeah. And that's why the Bible declares, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That's why it says what it says. And the reality is, is that it takes a long time there is a process to really gain the mind of Christ. Because when you gain the mind of Christ, this is just my opinion, you start to remove yourself from those people, places, and things. Come on, somebody. Those people, places, and things where you can't hear God. That is the truth. Church, how are we going to be the voice for faith, the voice that we're talking about for 2018, and have his plan and we have yet to recognize his voice. You see, this is what the world really doesn't understand. They have not yet got it yet, church. You can be the most powerful, wealthy person in the world, and, and, and some things hit our lives that are so chaotic. You can have all the privileges and resources, but that doesn't necessarily, when you're in trauma, it can reassure you. Yeah, your money can help you in some ways, but it can't reassure you when you're on a bed of affliction. Yeah, see... There are many a people who are on their dying bed, and I know I've witnessed it, who weren't looking to hear about their net worth or popularity. They want a reassurance that the king was near and that the king would talk to them. That's what, that's what it's all about. But sometimes it takes a lifetime for people to understand that. You see, Praise Chapel, we have to listen for him now. We're in a season where we really have to listen for God now. Otherwise, we will sink fast. Just think about what we've been through in the, almost the last year in this city, what this city has been through. Don't we have to be the voice now? People are sinking. Don't you know that there are people that are still reeling from October 1, that are still struggling with that, that are looking for hope? My wife and I, we have a friend who was in the midst of all of that. You can't tell me she doesn't have post-traumatic stress. She was running for her life. And I wonder in that moment, when she said that, could she hear God? I think about that often. And see, here's the thing. 
You know, church, God is so merciful. I'm almost done. Even when we doubt him, even when we struggle to recognize that he is, he still throws us a lifeline, brother. Yeah, see, <laughs> there's an old church song that says, if I go to the deepest depths, if I go to the deepest depths, he knows I'm in his safety. I'm in his safety. I dwell in the safety, the safety of the Lord. You see, Peter had forgotten that he was in his safety. That's what happened, and that's why he sank. And Jesus said, you of little faith. This is what Jesus said to Peter. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt me? But here's the thing that's so powerful, church. Just get this for a second. Here's what's so awesome and powerful. You see, even as Christ checked Peter, really called him out on his lack of faith, he had his hand out. He had his hand out. And I believe, this is just me, that there are some folks in here this morning that God is checking or correcting their lack of faith, but he wants us all to know this last thing, and that he still has his hand out. He still has his hand out. Regardless of whether or not our faith is rocky, he still has his hand out. Oh, come on, somebody. That's why Hebrews 12 and 6 says he chastens who he loves. It doesn't say he chastens and then he leaves. He chastens who he loves. He corrects who he loves. That's what that means. Praise chapel. Christ knows us. He knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. He knows how fragile we are. Man, is fragile, church. He's fragile. Humanity is a fragile, fragile being. We always have been. That's why we can't do what Jesus did. That's why we can't go to Calvary. And even though he is growing us up in the faith, he loves us so much that he's still in the midst of our lack of belief and lack of faith, he does just like this. He gives us a lifeline. Come on, church, give God some praise. Listen, you know, can I, can, can I use you for a second, brother? That would happen all the time. And it's interesting because the kids stopped doing it to other kids. They started doing it to, like, administrators. And it was funny because some of the administrators were letting the kids fall, like, what, what are you doing? And they'd be like, like, they were just, like, that's how they would fall out. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm terrible, so I laugh. You know, I am helping. I do. But they started doing it to me, and I started catching them. And, you know, I'm not trying to be deeper spiritual, but this is the truth. God spoke to me and said, you know why they're doing that to you, and they keep doing it to you, right? They want to know if they can trust you. And the problem is, is that some of these teachers in here are letting them fall, and that's a catalyst for why they don't trust them. So let me tell you something. I started catching everybody. I was like this. You know, even when I didn't want to, I'm like, stop playing, you know? <laughs> you know? That's the truth. Church, can I tell you something? There are going to be some things that happen in our lives that are going to test our faith. We're going to have to do some trust falls. You know? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, see, it's hard. It's hard to let go. It's hard to let go of our finances. 
It's hard to let go of that person that we know ain't good for us. It's hard. We're going to have to do some trust falls. But see, here's the thing. But will we believe that Christ is present when we're going through that trust fall? Will we believe? We're going to have to stand still in the midst of our storm and listen intently to his voice, even when it's not comfortable. (laughs) And when we fall short, when we really fall short, we need to reach out for his hand. Because can I tell you something? We're still going to have to reach out. We're going to have to trust him, even when we don't want to. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Come on, church. Give God some praise. Listen, I'm done. He loves us. Can I tell you, he loves us, and he desires to have all of us, not part of us, but all of us. He wants all of us. And I know that there's some people going through some things in here this morning uh, that seem unbearable. It's easy for me to speak on these things, but suffering is not always relative to one another. I can't always understand what you're going through, uh, but I am inviting you to get out of the boat and trust God fully in your pain. Don't look down. Don't look around. Don't look under, look forward. Do you love him, church? Come on, give God some praise. I'm done. Yeah, see? And y'all can come. uh, Praise team, you can come. I I really thank God for, for being here this morning because...